Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome, everyone, back to the broadcast. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network, and I am joined by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? I'm okay, Dave. Up and down last couple of days, you know? Emotional roller coaster. Yes, yes. The, uh... And it's not that you and I are that tied into exactly what happens to UCLA basketball. It's more the roller coaster of... Dealing with our fans. <laughs> yeah. Dealing with our message board uh, denizens. Of being called a POS. We got we got that uh, direct message. Yeah. 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 A lot of stuff. Like being called a lot of names, really. It's See, all one. you guys, hey, first I want to say, the guys who are really supportive out there and defending some, you guys are fantastic. I, I, I can't tell you how much Dave and I appreciate you, talk about you. I, I mean, seriously, we really, really appreciate y'all going back for us and having long memories. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's really strange. Some people who feel they need to uh, insult us and private message us with insults is really fun. Well, and the really unfortunate part, I mean, besides all of that, because you know what, we... we we, you, you got to kind of have a thick skin after a while. But uh, the really unfortunate part is this week, um, <laughs> it really was a, a, a kind of sudden, messed up, uh, stupid situation. Like the re-sticks and waters thing. I mean, you, you wrote it pretty frankly on the board, but I think it should just be reiterated here. Dude was committed, I don't know, what was it? 12 hours before he decided that he was going to San Diego State? And let's take this step by step. This isn't <laughs> this isn't someone's interpretation. This isn't a source. This is, this is objective fact. This was an objective fact. <laughs> and known by many had... people. Known by many people. Like, there were people around him who knew this. Like, this was, this was a done deal. The discussion was how he was going to announce it and whether Bro was going to be involved. I... I was, you know, we were getting potentially the scoop. Network television was potentially Network getting the scoop. Network television. <laughs> because it was a big story in LA. Yes. Kid going from USC to UCLA. And we weren't able to say this directly. Like someone said, well, why didn't you just say that at the beginning and clear all this up? It's it, it's hard. Y'all don't get kind of how all this source stuff works. Sometimes we just can't say every last detail or we're going to get in trouble. Or sometimes, lose a source or get murdered. Sometimes either. we allow ourselves to get scooped a little bit because... Uh, We're trying to be good people. Because whoever the source is, they might not be as familiar with how, I don't know, the internet works. 
And they say, no, 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 don't release it, even though it's already maybe trickling out in some ways. Uh, that happens all the time. Yeah. It's already been, we've known it, we've sat on it for months. Something else gets leaked through Twitter or something. Uh, can can uh, go back to the source. No, I'd rather have. Okay, no. And this cycle has had some weird ones. Like let's be let's be real about that too. Oh my god, uh, it's been some unique Marcus situations. Adams. Marcus Adams, literally the day before he committed to Kansas, gave quotes to twenty four sevens people describing all of the things he liked about UCLA and committing to UCLA. <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's a this weird, isn't funny a matter. Business. You guys all think this is bad sources. <laughs> it's not. I. It's just literally these things change by the hour. Sometimes. And I would say, I will say this this cycle, and hopefully it's not a portend or a, a something for the future. But this cycle in particular has been pretty stock full of that stuff. Like no, just, I think it is because of nil and the transfer portal. Yeah. I think this is this is going to be the standard now. Yeah, and and maybe you know they're they're. Uh, you know, guys are still willing to leverage even late in the game because there is so much money involved. Who knows? Um, I mean, it, it, it's a funny business. So anyway, what we're talking about obliquely, uh, but just to get the news out there. So earlier this week, Reese Dixon Waters, um, the USC guard transfer, Pac-12 six man of the year, uh, was very likely coming to UCLA until suddenly he wasn't. We'll get into the details of that uh, a little bit. Let's just call it a flip because it was a flip. A late flip to San Diego State. He was committed to UCLA, then flipped to San Diego State. Yeah, and I will say, in fairness to people who are reading it a certain way, it does look, if you're just looking at the outside, like, well, he went on that visit to San Diego State, so of course he was swayed by that last visit, and that's why he went. He verbally committed to UCLA after that visit. (laughs) After that visit. But anyway... um, Reese Dixon Waters decides on San Diego State. He was one that we were thinking was very likely to UCLA for the reasons we are literally describing right now. Um, and he opted against it. So that started the week off in a kind of a, 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 a not great state for a lot of people. Um, <laughs> then, uh, But then uh, today, uh, Thursday, um, Elan Fibloy, the French uh, uh, wing. You got to give it a little bit more. French fibloy. I can't. Fibloy. I tried. I, I don't have fibloy. the nasal passages for it. Okay. You uh, just got to put your lips together really uh-huh. close. Fibloy. Oh, yes. Uh, if I do that, I will sound like I am making fun of the French, and I don't want to do that. Not okay. with Not with Alon's feelings. Being what they are. Uh, he committed to UCLA today, um, kind of turning the tide of uh, some unspeakable narratives that were beginning to grow on our message board. Um, and he's a, you know, he's a top tier prospect, um, and we'll get a little bit more into him. And then just now the weather vane switches another way and Amari Bailey, uh, announces for the NBA draft, not unexpected, but there's a little bit, I mean, at least his mom is telling uh draft express that this is, you know, a full declaration. Uh, but I mean, is it though? It's hard to read this tweet. It's so hard to read that. What, what, what Jonathan Giboney from uh, Draft Express says is that Amari Bailey, a potential first-round pick, is entering the 2023 NBA draft. His mother, Joanna Lea, told ESPN, and his college career at UCLA is over. Quote, he is not testing the waters, Lea said. He's full-fledged in declaring for the draft. Now, that quote... Is in the way, in the way you're athletes... full-fledged declare for the draft, that means you're just... Declaring, declaring for the draft, for the, draft. the same way everyone does. So yeah. that quote doesn't say what Givoni is saying it says. It, it's saying in the same way that athletes speak is always, 
I'm declaring for the NBA to the NBA draft. Thanks to everyone. You know, it's been a great ride, but I am pursuing my dreams. That's what they all say. Yeah. Except if it's like somebody who's absolutely coming back, then they always say that I'm um, maintaining my college eligibility. But if they are thinking they're going, they are going. And that's just the athlete mentality. Um, so either Giveny has another quote that says that, or it's, uh, I don't know. You know, and it doesn't even matter. Let, no. Let's not parse words. What, what we will do, we are currently recording a podcast, so we can't be doing this right now. But we will find out if he... Um, you know, there are certain agents you can retain that then also enable you to retain your college eligibility. We'll see if he did that or not, regardless of what his mom said. Yeah, and that'll be the actual tell. That'll so, be the tell. Uh, anyway, he announced, um, and for my money, I mean, I think he's going to probably test pretty well and end up a first-round pick. So I think. It's but I think I think he's going to retain his college eligibility just on the chance that. Yeah. What if you sustain an injury? He's a smart yeah. kid. Um, so there's that. So uh, been kind of flipping up and down this week um, with the Restix and Waters uh, news, then the Fabloy, and then uh, Bailey. The interesting thing is for me is the order, because I think if Bailey had declared on Monday with this exact same thing, like with his mom saying that this is a done deal and it's done, does that change the dynamic for Restix and Waters? Oh, absolutely. Maybe it still will. Yeah, who knows? I mean, I don't take that off the table. This is the way this stuff works. There was a reason, too, why we weren't going into a lot of detail of how this happened. I mean, there are people out there that that relay what we report and use that, I think. Um, so whatever we say has some magnitude. It has some impact. We yes. would like to minimize that. And just be able to give you as much information as we can to keep you well informed without impacting situations. And that's a really hard little line to walk. Tough um, one. So we we think you're great, Restics and Waters. Restics and Waters. And you know what I did anyway. This isn't fluff. I, I really I really uh, liked him we, as we a spent, player. I heard he's a quality kid. He's supposed to be an, a, a hard nosed, tough work, uh, you know, hard worker. So, yeah, I mean, if he flipped back, I'm not saying this is happening. People are going to read this and say Tracy's trying to imply it's happening. It is not happening. We have no knowledge of this happening. But you're right, Dave. Would he, if Amari Bailey decide, if we find out that he is in, he is foregone, <laughs> foregone his college eligibility, would Reese Sticks and Waters reconsider because Reese Sticks and Waters is transfer. He doesn't sign a letter of intent. A yeah. binding letter of intent. Yeah, and so and that um, uh, that would be a, a change, a changing dynamic, and obviously in a major positive way. Because if Bailey is gone, um, for good, you have added Fibloy, um, but right now, looking at the roster for next year, um, real deficit of experienced wings. Um, you know, there's there's some ability here. I mean, I, I think Sebastian Max is going to be good. Do I think he's going to be able to play 25 minutes a game next year? Hmm. Uh, Lazar Stefanovic, ideally, in my mind, he's your sixth guy, maybe seventh. Um, I don't I don't know necessarily as him as a starter. Uh, getting another guy who can come in, play essentially the two or the three, uh, 
is is critical. And I think Reese Dixon Waters now with Bailey potentially fully gone. I mean, do you need a guarantee to start? Because I think your ability will pretty much guarantee you start. Um, I think if UCLA can confirm that Amari Bailey has um, given up his his college eligibility, I think they'll go into the transfer portal and look for a guard wing. Yeah. Um, I think they really like Stavanovich. Um, I think they believe uh, Fabloy has the potential to have a season like Amari Bailey did, similar. Um, and at this point, I think Jalen Clark will return probably by January and February. Now, you need someone... Like you said, it, it would be lacking experience and they, they need some an injection of some experience to get them. And you know, you know if Jalen Clark's going to be able to come back. He's just a big question mark. But yeah, I could, it, I could it, see that. And I think there's enough. UCLA's had enough interest from transfers so far in this offseason. They haven't, they haven't moved on a lot of them. They've checked into them. They've inquired about them. They've done some due diligence on them, vetted a few, but they... The only one, to my knowledge, there's two. I mean, there's Stefanovic and Dixon Waters that they've actually offered. Um, the thing so, with, yeah. with Jalen Clark, too, I mean, the thing that I mean, we talked about this briefly before, but throwing out all other considerations, and I know you can't because these are all human beings with a lot of considerations around them, but if I was if I was in his shoes just making a basketball choice, it's not what you hoped for, but the thing I would be thinking about is I'm going to redshirt this entire next season get fully back and then go out there and dominate as a fifth year and then go. Um, and I think that's an understandable path for probably a lot of NBA teams. Cause I think NBA teams, they'll often look askance at guys who are a little bit older or who went through five years of college and say, well, what's your problem? But they all know that he, you know, busted his Achilles. So that I, would be the thing that makes the most sense. If you're just yes. thinking about it, pure basketball. Um, I, I would think I'm pretty confident based on some things that I know that if he can get a contract, he'll go. Yeah. If he can get a two year contract, he'll go. I don't think anyone's going to sign him. Yeah. That's a tough I don't one. think anyone's going to take him. And that's not based on him as a player. If let's say you, you're going to give Jalen Clark a two year deal. You're going to pay for the next year for his recovery. And then the year of him being not very good. Because and then you recovering. don't even know with an Achilles if he if this guy comes back to be the same guy he was. And he, I mean, he's still relatively young, so he probably will. He'll probably retain a lot of it. But also, that first year back from the Achilles is generally not very good. Like, it's, you're working through some things. You're working how to trust your feet again. Um, so, I just anyway. think NBA teams would rather have UCLA do that. Yes, yes. And I think, uh, you know, all things considered, I don't think UCLA would mind having him redshirting next year. And so let's just it. say how it is right now, and that's counting Amari Bailey still on the roster. We can't throw him off yet. Counting Jalen Clark, we're at 14 if we count a Daimara. Am I getting ahead of myself? Should I say there's no way a Daimara is going to come just so I reverse Mojo it? Or no, should we actually uh, talk uh, No, honestly? let's, let's – uh, like, again – I don't, it's not like a, a jinxing thing and it's not like a, oh, wow, we're getting way over our skis, the whole thing. It's just like, we're, we're trying to accurately describe the situation for at you. At this very time. moment. Yeah. Um, so and at yeah, this very moment, <laughs> a Daimara should be included on next year's roster. A Daimara is, is going to UCLA at this moment. There are some little details working out other pro with his uh, club team, 
Other programs have reached out. He shut them down. He is, he is in his mind going to UCLA. I don't know if you want to call that a verbal commitment or whatever you want to call it. Um, but that's where it is in, in this moment. Next week, something could change. This is how this works. This is the peek behind the curtain. This is what Mick Cronin and all these college coaches are dealing with on a daily basis, waking up to a new scenario. But if we count him, they're at 14. Is that right? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah, 14. Yeah. That's a lot of people. They'd have to, that's with Clark and with Bailey. So if Amari Bailey isn't, they're at 13. And that's the limit. Um, as I said, there's another international player out there um, that UCLA is aggressively recruiting. I've said they probably won't know about him until June. They, I would say they would really want to covet him. <laughs> um, but he, they won't know about him until June. Maybe it won't be they won't know until Amari Bailey about Amari Bailey until June. There's still a lot of stuff here to work out. Yeah. But I think what you said is right. If they find out Amari Bailey is gone right now, I think they'll go into the transfer portal. And even at 14, and then with that other international, which would be 15, I think they'll still go into the transfer portal if Amari Bailey says right now he's not coming back. And I think one big takeaway I would have as like a, just a broad overview um, from a strategic perspective is um, uh, if you're a UCLA fan, I think the approach this offseason should uh, – you should have a pretty clear idea of what Mick Cronin wants to do every year, uh, which is have a national title competing roster every single season. Um, yep. You don't approach the offseason as aggressively – as they did, um, if you're not coming with that mentality, uh, th I mean, just because th I mean, this is this is big boy basketball recruiting right now. Um, when you're projecting, you know, maybe you have 14 to 16 uh, scholarship players heading into the season, and you're going to need to, you know, uh, potentially find some spots for some guys at other programs. Uh, that's a uh, that's a that's a that's a mentality of you know we need to reload every single year, which I think if you're a fan, that's um, probably the mentality you always want your UCLA program to have. Um, and UCLA is uniquely capable of it now, just because of the transfer portal, decent NIL program, and then <laughs> and then Evo Simovich. Evo Simovich. <laughs> yes. Um, and that's uh, it. so that was funny talking to um, UCLA's newest uh, uh, transfer portal edition. That was uh, great. Lazar Stefanovic, who said he didn't actually know Evo before that, but then they were playing at Poly Pavilion and he hears somebody. Yeah. You know, After the game, they're going through like the handshake lines. Yeah. Right. And he hears Evo uh, speaking his language. And uh, so that was uh, that was a funny little moment. Um, and to. You have to, I mean, he said it, but you have to imagine that played a big role in just getting him in the transfer portal, let alone all these international players. Yeah, it's got, I mean, it got to feel good that you're transferring to a place where there's someone from your homeland. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, Ivo Simovich. <laughs> uh, his connections overseas are vast. Um, like I said in some posts, 
He speaks fluent Spanish. He spent time in Spain. Um, he was critical in bringing players, Spanish players, to the U.S. playing in the NBA. So he's got a, he's really well respected in Spain. Yeah, and trusted. As, and trusted, uh, probably. The and, big and that will help with Adaimara. Not that Adaimara is sewn up, but that will help in the recruitment of Adaimara. Yeah. Um, I would expect that uh, Feloy. And if Mara does verbally commit, that they will sign letters of intent. But they have until the signing period started yesterday, and it goes through May 17th. Yeah, it's a long period. So they could sign any time in that period. Yeah. Um, so uh, there's, this, is, this is the height of recruiting for basketball right now. This is it. This is... You know, it used to be summer when everyone went out and evaluated and then getting close to the early signing period in November. Uh, with the way it is now, especially with UCLA specifically, with transfer portal and international recruiting, this isn't the second thought, the afterthought. This is the first thought right now. This is where UCLA recruiting is. This is the season. This is the height of recruiting season right now. Yes. And, uh, you know, the, the good thing about this, um, the mix of this recruiting class, if you include Mara, um, is you've got two potential one-and-dones. I mean, Fabloy, you know, it's probably the Bailey situation where it could go either way. Mara, I mean, you can't teach 7-3. Uh, but it also has Sebastian Mack, Brandon Williams, and Devin Williams, who are all those kind of more, I don't know, developmental three- to four-year guys. So it's it's not my preferred mix, Tracy. My preferred mix is nothing but <laughs> the the Sebastian Max, Brandon Williams, and Devin Williamses of the world. Um, but yeah, if you want to compete for a national title every single year, then I guess you can add a couple of one and done types. <laughs> Just add a few. Um, yeah, fair to it. Interesting too how this affects. I mean, a lot of programs recruiting, basketball recruiting, but again, specifically UCLA's. Going forward, they are going to have to assume they will um, be able to recruit the transfer portal and internationally pretty strongly. Um, so where does that leave them in terms of high school recruiting? Uh, the spring evaluation periods start next weekend. It's for the then the two weekends, next weekend and the weekend after that. If you're Mick Cronin or your UCLA staff and you're out looking at 2024, 2025, even 2026 prospects, it might change your opinion. I mean, before you thought, you know, you had to go out and find, even though this is against, I mean, you know, I, I want to talk about first. For so many years, two decades, I've been saying UCLA needs a mix of three to four year guys, mostly a roster of three to four year guys, and then a few five, a couple of five stars to mix in. That's UCLA's uh, recipe for uh, success, right? Mm -hmm. um, so now, what do you do with high school recruiting? You don't need that. I mean, those few five star guys you were talking about, you were getting them in high school. You don't necessarily need to get them in high school. I mean, if you can, you can. Excellent. Great. But if not, you're going to have a pretty good shot at getting them through the transfer portal and international. So what's your approach now to high school recruiting? Are you looking for just 
mostly three to four year guys, does that open up? Let's say there's a more of a developmental guy that you kind of really like his upside, but doesn't really have that much of a chance to have an immediate impact. And maybe in another four years ago, you wouldn't have taken him because you need a little bit more immediate impact back four years ago and you don't need it like that now. It'll be interesting to see, given what's happened in this offseason, which again is the height of the recruiting cycle, um, what Mick Cronin and his staff do this evaluation period and during and during summer, whether they will offer a lot of guys, will they go after top 10, top 15 guys? Will they go after more developmental guys? We saw it last year. We saw a mix. They went after a few elite guys, but they signed three longer term, three to four year guys in Sebastian Mack, Brandon Williams, and Devin Williams. So this is going to be interesting. Uh, and, and I got to say, if, if some top 25 recruit is teasing you along through spring, through summer, all through. I mean, is there a one point where you just say, ah, screw this. <laughs> I'm just going to go international for what the other thing too, is the international recruits. You could make a case are, uh, more reliable, play harder, hungrier, uh, uh, will stick to their word more. I've heard this from a number of coaches and it's so far been my experience too, than American high school prospects, especially elite ones. So really interesting to see what UCLA's high school recruiting is going to be like moving forward. I mean, would you maybe just, even if someone is an elite, but just a top 60, 70 player who's kind of stringing you along through September and October, you just say, ah, screw it. Well, that's the part where I think you do change your approach because I don't think you allow yourself to be strung along. Um, now, normally you have to – and the thing is, I think the program is now winning at a high enough rate. I mean, guys, whatever your impression of what Mick Cronin has done at UCLA, go look at his winning percentage through four years right now. He's uh, – it's, it's, the, it's the best since Caddy works uh, through four through I four can't seasons. envision what Caddy works looks like. Who knows? It seems like some like comedian in the movies in the 1930s. Well, he he looks starring like starring Caddy Works. I mean, he's super dead. He's been super dead for a long time. <laughs> he's um, super dead. He's he's a super skeleton. <laughs> uh, but the main thing is, uh, I think the program has enough juice now that look, five stars are going to string you along no matter what, and you got to make the calculate. And Mick, I, the reality is, they're still going to make that calculation sometimes when they really like a five star, but. With the the guys who I consider the bedrock of the program, the twenty five to one one twenty five guys, I I think the days of spending a whole lot of time babysitting the crap out of those guys, uh, like I, I wouldn't spend any of that time that they spent on Andre Stoyakovich. I would not do that again. Okay, Andre Stoyakovich, I get, I understand what you're saying, but Dusty Stromer. Dusty Stromer and I like Dusty Stromer as a prospect. I really did. I I I was one of the advocates for him. But But if they don't commit within like I don't know a couple of months of you starting to recruit them, I mean that's and push them and push them for it. Coming off this off season, if Dusty Stromer were in 2024, went through the same whole scenario, I think Mick Cronin probably by I can't remember the months, but maybe by 
August, September would have said, yeah, I'm out. Well, and that's the thing is like you, you, you tell the kid probably, hey, you want to take your official visits? That's fine. You know, take your officials. But we need a decision right after those officials. And if you don't make a decision, we're not keeping a spot open for you. Yep. I love you, but we're not doing it. Love you. But you got to decide now we can't keep this going for the next three months. Yeah. And I think that's that's probably the approach now. I mean, I, I don't think you and I don't think you're saying this, but I don't think you like completely forego high school recruiting or oh, no, uh, no. even elite level high school recruiting. But you definitely put it on more of a timeline. You definitely put it on more of a, OK, clock's ticking. And and like it's funny because it's not quite uh, it's it's almost like they should be doing a little bit more of what football does in terms of their recruiting. But it's a little bit of, you know, treat, what it, did as you a, just say? treat it as a scarcity event. You know, you got a yeah. UCLA offer, buddy. Those don't just grow on trees. And if you want it, you got to grab it. And if you don't want it, we'll move on. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen going forward. Yeah. Because now they, they've got this safety net of knowing what what could happen in the offseason. Yeah. And then uh, you do get, I think, um, you probably do end up with more serious-minded things, uh, more serious-minded players then. Um, and you end up with guys, you know, like Sebastian Mack, Jalen Clark, who, you know, are hungry and already kind of innately hungry. Um, okay. Do we have anything else we want to talk about basketball wise? I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for, but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Um, no, I think that's, that's a lot. Yeah. Isn't that a lot? That is a lot. There's a lot of basketball um, stuff. I want to, maybe, 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 oh, oh, maybe just, um. Let's talk Tiger Campbell. Tiger Campbell. Because Tiger uh, Campbell has, he, easily I can make the statement, he's been one of the best Bruins of the last 20 years, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Five years in the program, played for, got through an ACL. You wrote a great story yesterday, Dave, by the way. It was kind of a little tribute to him. Um, thank you. And let's just say two. I mean, Tiger Campbell's options right now, let's let's be blunt. Is he going to play in the NBA? Uh, almost certainly not. Almost certainly not. Man, it would be fantastic if he did. That, that, <laughs> I would so love that. I I would, I'm not an NBA watcher. I would go watch Tiger Campbell play in the NBA. Um, but more than likely not. Uh, he submitted his name to the NBA draft because he's going pro. And he is playing in an all-star tournament this week, which when you play in those senior all-star tournaments, 
you're giving up any, you cannot return to school. It's like playing in the, uh, what are the football games? The football all-star games. Uh, yeah, the those. Shrine Bowl? The Shrine Bowl. Um, you, the Senior Bowl. You can't go back. Um, so he decided to do that. Where, I mean, this is more along the appreciation rant on Tiger Campbell. He probably, no, not probably, he could have put his name in the transfer portal and gone out and gotten, I'd say, a good amount of NIL money. Don't you think? I think he would have gotten half a million dollars from somebody. Yeah. And he might not get that much playing overseas. Maybe about the same or maybe not as much. And he probably has some pressure around him to make a lot of money. And Tiger Campbell, because, I mean, I think because of his um, affiliation with UCLA, uh, his closeness with Mick Cronin, I mean, that was that was Mick Cronin's guy. I mean, that's the did guy. You read, who, did you read what Cronin said? Yes. Uh, so the interesting one is we've always speculated about um, David Singleton being the coach of the future, but... That was an emotional last run for the two of us as we both worked so hard together to make UCLA elite again. We know that Tiger has a long future in pro basketball, and I hope that I'm coaching long enough to hire him on my staff someday as well. Yep. 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 So think about think about that as also we both worked so hard together to make UCLA elite again. No, their souls intermeshed. Here Mick over the Mick last has a little years. bit of an ego about his work ethic and his um his uh his personal commitment to making UCLA great to allow Tiger to be in that um, uh, on the we. same tier with him yeah. that, that, that he's saying we both uh, that's, that's some high praise from Mick Cronin and Tiger Campbell to honor all this is walking away from NIL transfer money. Yeah. Dang. Dang. I mean, I know. Yeah. I mean, Hawkes came back for his last year, but th- that was a good, that was a smart move for him. That was right? a business decision. That yes. was a business decision, even though let's just say it was nice because he's a Bruin. This is a decision. I don't know if it's a good business decision, but he's definitely turning down some money to honor his time at UCLA as a Bruin. Yeah. I can't think of anyone else doing anything like this. Yep. I mean, it, it deserves, it really deserves an, a tremendous amount of admiration and respect. Yeah. Yeah. Did I give you all a goosebumps because I'm getting them? Yeah. We love Tiger Campbell. Yep. So you just, you just broke up. Your voice cracked right there. Yeah. Yeah. That's what was happening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, state of the roster. Uh, probably by next week, we'll have an entirely new one to give you. <laughs> and you never know. You never know. Seriously, it's NIL, man. NIL. Oh, wait. Oh, wait, wait, wait. A Dembona. A Dembona. Oh, my why God. We almost forgot we to talk about, about a Dembona. Okay. God, let me set the stage. Let me set the stage for just a Dave? second. So uh, uh, earlier this week. Who's running the show? Yeah, I know. Earlier this week, um, random Twitter account, Trilly Donovan, uh, which is. It's just a burner account. It's for probably the, yeah, the burner account for somebody who knows some stuff. Anyway, yeah. uh, Trilly Donovan tweets out, hearing that a Dembona could uh, be entering the transfer portal soon. Um, so that obviously was the second thing after Restics and waters that sent the board into a tizzy. I was like, what's the other thing? That's the other thing. Um, so uh, this is, uh, uh, 
a weird situation um, where uh, from, from, from so you 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 fill it in because you probably have a more delicate way of describing it. But this isn't a dem, if it's anything. <sighs> One of the themes of this podcast was um, walking a very narrow line <laughs> of what I can say. <laughs> And that's this. Uh, see, when I'm writing it, I can choose my words. When we're talking, I could really just open my mouth and stick my foot in it. Um, Why don't we start here? Why don't we start? Let's take a step How did I write it? How did I write it? I said something like, uh, um, it was, it's a situation. Oh, hypothetically, <laughs> there are... Uh, forces or influences out there that um, could uh, influence uh, a player to transfer something like that. Yeah. And I mean, just do just figure out why. So is that good enough or do we need more? No, let's, let's start. Let's just back up for a second. Do you think right now that a Dembona is going to be on the roster next year? I mean, percentages, I'd put it at, I put it at 55, 45. He is going to be. Okay. Okay. I, I think, um, I, 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 again, fluid situation. We're sitting right now, but something could happen. You know, there's, there could be, there's people out there who there could are, be fluid. who are, um, a Dems uh, counselors, the people who who might think there's another route that's better for him. There are lubricators who could make the situation decidedly more fluid. Yeah. And there, you know, uh, yeah, I'll say it. There are, um, <laughs> there are other programs that would really covet a Dem Bono. Right? Oh, you think? Okay, let's just leave it there. Um, but nobody can talk to anybody until they're into the transfer portal anyway, Tracy. Well, of course not. Come on. Come on. Now, you went too far with that. Why'd you have to say that? No, I'm just, I'm just Cut that of, part out. I hang on. I'm speaking objective out. truth, Tracy. Okay. Nobody can talk to players until they're in the portal. We all know this. Yeah. But you know that. I know that. As we all know. As we all know. I mean, this is not giving up anything, and I'm talking in general. In generalities. In there, are, there are go-betweeners. There's four degrees of separation yeah. of people talking, and they're not violating NCAA rules by doing it. I mean, it's it's free speech, well, When baby. someone goes in the transfer portal, a lot of times, and at least a lot of sharp people on Bro have surmised as much, they're not going in blind if they are a coveted player there are programs that they where they would like to go. There's a friend of a friend of a friend who's checked in and said, if perchance this person went into the transfer portal, would your program be interested? And then they go back, friend of a friend, to talk. Yes. Okay. It's not against NCAA rules. They're not talking directly. Yeah. That happens. All right. Let's 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 get out of this. Let's talk some spring football. Okay, good. All right. Uh, we're now a third of the way through. Five practices, baby. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's grueling out there. I got to tell you. It's a tough job. I mean, there's it. a lot to watch, which makes it fun. But by the time, let's say you do Chip Kelly's interview. So you're standing out 
there. You, you got to get there by 8.20. He's usually a little late, but he's he's okay. And then practice starts. You're sitting out there for over two hours. And then, so now you're at over two and a half hours. Longer, two hours, 40 minutes. Then you're waiting for the post interviews, which take day 40 minutes. Well, it depends if they have a lift or not. Okay, so it's over three hours that you're standing for three yeah. hours straight. Pers- older people... Their bodies aren't made to stand for, I mean, my body is breaking down standing day after, you know, every day for over three hours and 15 minutes. I mean, my, I bet yours is too. Mine doesn't feel good. Um, and, and then, then and, and then, then you got to write. They make us watch from lot eight. That's not exact, exactly comfortable viewing. There are uh, grandstands. There's no place to sit. Everyone, everyone who's listening to this right now, Tracy, is making a uh, rude motion with their hand. They all are. What Every single person. That? It's a it's a motion where they are uh, taking a hollow fist and pumping it up and down near their crotch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some might call it a jerking off it, motion. Okay. That's what they're saying to me after my complaints. Yes, absolutely. Wow, because everyone okay. thinks eh, it's sports writing, guys. Chill out. I know, but I okay. I've been doing this a long time. That's hard on my body when I'm at this age. But okay, it's tough. tough. I'm just I'm telling you what the people are doing. Oh, okay. That's what the people are doing. I think they should appreciate that we do that. I think they should too. Um, Spring football is 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 in full swing, and it's in full pads. Full pads, full swing. Um, and, uh, so we've been watching now for five. Who's full go Dave. You want to talk? (laughs) Not Gary Smith, not Spencer Holstage. So let's, let's right there. Uh, headline item. That's going to need to be, uh, requested of chip Kelly is what's going on with Spencer Holstage. Cause he was not playing or practicing today. Wasn't on the field that I could tell. Uh, and he is UCLA's likely starting left guard this year. Um, the Purdue transfer. Uh, without him, uh, Benjamin Roy was in at left guard. Um, which I is... think that kind of happened too at the end of Tuesday. Also. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Holstage, hopefully, uh, it's a relatively minor thing um, because the depth behind him, Benjamin Roy is not, I think, an ideal guard. I think I would prefer him just to be backup center. I think he's a good player, um, but we'll see. Uh, but that makes the depth pretty obviously terrible like when you look at that second string offensive line um it's again in that kind of classic situation where one or two injuries and it's a it's it's a tough one to look at um so, i mean let's let's just be straight there they don't have siali tapaki was probably going to be the natural guy and he's right? still out and he's still out but good news i actually saw him yeah i saw him too today yeah which is good um, but they're, they're, uh, Josh Carlin, who's a redshirt senior. I mean, he's starting at right guard. Y- you'd think that's going to be, if, if he had been a star a starter caliber, we would have seen it before yeah. this. Then you've got, uh, yeah, you got Benjamin Roy who's moved to left guard. Sam Yoon was taking snaps at center. Yeah, he's the second string center today. Like Puliali was he at right guard or left guard? He was at right guard today. He was at um, right guard. 
Caleb but, Walker, the JC transfer, is getting no reps in team. Yeah, I'm not seeing him at all. Nope. So, yeah. <laughs> like I wrote earlier, or was that yesterday? Can't remember this week. Um, they are going to be looking for a transfer inside offensive lineman in the transfer portal. We can talk about that because are you really going to find a starter level one post spring practices? Like literally the, the guys who enter the portal in spring football are the ones who don't have starting spots at their current programs. Maybe it's the guy from Alabama or Iowa State who is trying to win that maybe, spot. Maybe. Yeah, somebody who narrowly loses a spot, but geez, that's not. Because the guys who narrowly lose a spot at those programs are going to be playing sixth sixth man minutes in the offensive line rotation, which is fine. You play a lot of snaps. Um, I think you more than likely end up with guys who were like the eighth or ninth guy in those rotations. And well, is that good enough? <laughs> and it might be, it might be. Um, but also there's going to be a lot of programs who come out of spring looking for offensive linemen. So of the few quality ones, you're going to have a lot of competition for them. So I, it's a tough spot because especially, and I don't mean to keep going back to it because I have no idea what the injury is, but Holstage, uh, if that's a, I don't know, a relatively serious injury, it might be a good idea to look for two. Um, and there's no, I mean, it's hard to imagine them getting that. Now, hey, Dave, take a step back hey, for a second. Hang on. Dave, I just, I need to interrupt. Sure. I was just given some big breaking news mm-hmm. that my source says Amari Bailey is not coming back to UCLA. Boom. Okay, what were you saying about football? <laughs> well, Mario Bailey can't be card- counted on in the guard rotation now, uh, so I think that definitely I think means he was they... more of a tackle. Yeah, probably more of a tackle. He's got that yeah. length. He's got the feet. Yeah, real athleticism. Um, but uh, to, to finish the thought about the guards, um, taking a step back, Chip Kelly can probably get quality offensive line play out of uh, – most guys um i don't i think this year would test it if they don't get another transfer offensive lineman but i don't know i'd be reasonably confident in the offensive line being okay as long as holstage is back um even with the current depth situation because we saw it last year where we were very very worried and then uh, the year turned out fine like i don't think they were great but they were fine um, and, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case again, but uh, with see, f- I'm going to be a little bit more. First off, I got to say, I don't know if I heard many of your words since I've made that announcement, but I think I got the tail end. Um, we worried about them, but now we realize retroactively that they had guys who might play in the NFL in John Gaines and Antonio Maffi, Right. Yeah, I think we're going to be perpetually saying things like that, though. I don't like, okay, who are you saying that about this season? I don't know. I mean, uh, exactly. We might see Kadir Kunta, and he's like, oh, he's fine. And then, okay, he that's goes, a tackle, though. Raekwon I mean, O'Neill in season, I wasn't saying he's an NFL prospect, but he decided to declare. I mean, are we retroactively calling that a good decision? I don't know. I'm just saying last spring, when we were thinking about uh, Mafi, we were saying, oh, he's going to plug into guard well, a starting position. John yeah. Gaines, solid. He's two years of starter at different positions, solid guy. I mean, maybe not an NFL guy, but solid guy. And now he looks like he will play in the NFL. Um, 
there there aren't there aren't guys like that that we're pointing to are yeah. there no i mean i agree i mean i think it's it's again i think a lot of it is dependent so for me to get to that same mindset would be if Holstage is not a serious injury, if it's just a minor thing, because I think you can say, oh, he might be an NFL guy. Kunta no, might okay. come in the Holstage. same way as O'Neal did, and he's an NFL guy. And maybe it's Duke Clemens. I don't know. Um, but Yeah, it's funny that they wouldn't think about Benjamin Roy at center. And I, I think because Duke Clemens is hot back and forth so much, I think they can't do that yeah, to but th- him. This is the flexibility thing that we're always talking about is that would be the much more obvious play because Benjamin Roy is much more like obviously all interior linemen can, you know, move around. But Roy is much more of a pure center to me than Clemens is. Yeah, I agree. Um, Did you know I said Amari Bailey's not? I just want everyone to appreciate the fact that at earlier we said, well, when we get off this podcast, well, I didn't I didn't take I didn't do that. I started texting a bunch of people and yeah, I got the news back. Yeah. So in real time here. Yeah, but Amari Bailey is in time here, guys. But he's not part of the center rotation at all. <laughs> you're gonna keep going doing that, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so uh, but that uh, just going back to basketball for a second. That means even more you definitely, you know, uh go check in with Reese Dixon Waters again. Say, Hey, you sure? Because we have some more solid information now on Amari Bailey. And then if not, you, you got to either hit the Euro uh, or <clears throat> the additional international guy, maybe. Uh, I think you're prepared now if, if let's just say, speculating that Reese Dixon Waters wanted some kind of guarantee of uh, minutes of playing time. I think you could do that now. Pretty much. I think yeah, it's I think reasonable you, to do that. Yeah, you could say, look, you're, you're, you're definitely going to play but but I don't want to get people's hopes up because I, I don't think this is going to happen. Uh, first off, I think he's made his decision. He announced it. It's really tough for a lot of people to go back on. If people flip like months later, but not a day later. Um, plus, it would have to be, if you're Mick Cronin, you got a commitment from this guy, you're feeling really good. Then he turns around and flips on you. Uh, any coach might just think, ah, eh, I'll go find someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he kind of proved to me what he was worth right there, maybe, is what coaches would think. And I'll go find someone else. Yeah. Uh, Switching gears back to football. We're switching a lot of gears, Tracy. I know. All right, so uh, I think the big thing. you know how to drive a stick, Dave? I do. Okay, good. I didn't know if your generation did. I didn't until I drove across country after college. Oh, wow. In my buddy's uh, stick shift Honda Civic. It was. It was uh, the... I, I told That's him. That's when you learn driving yeah, across no, country. Well, this oh is the funny God. part. I, I told him uh, I knew how to drive stick uh, before we went on it. And I said, and I said, yeah, of course I've done that before. So he drives the first leg. We go up to the Bay Area first because we we're going to kind of cut across on 80 uh, from there. And um, so we get to the Bay Area. And then the next day he's like, all right, well, I guess it's your turn. We're in a parking structure. Oh, no. And I'm like, okay. And so I'm like going to reverse it. And I'm just like, Stalling, cranking gears, like the Did whole thing. Did you think you could do it? Yeah, well, I, I kind of had like a, I, I'd a done like a little crash course it. on it. I'd done a little crash course. Okay. And so I'm sitting there doing it, and he's like, "You've you've never done this before, have you?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. No, nah, I just haven't done it in a while." Um, but you know, three and a half hours later, when we left the parking structure, I was I was feeling pretty confident. So, I mean, my generation grew, grew up driving sticks. I mean, it was second nature. And if I don't do it for a long time, I can go right into it and it just 
muscle memory comes right back. When I was in Sweden with my kids, not, I mean, a bit of time ago, and we rented a car and I got a stick shift. And I was, they were, they thought I was faking it, that it wasn't really a stick shift. I was fooling. I mean, they could, they were so blown away by my ability to do this. So then I put my wife in the driver's seat and she does it and not that. I mean, they were never more impressed with us ever in our lives. Okay, wait, we've been stalling. We were talking about basketball. We've been stalling, Tracy. Go ahead, Dave. Um, We're talking about football. We're back. Oh, to football. I thought you were saying something more brilliant about basketball. No, we're switching gears. We switched oh, okay. gears back to football. Oh, back. Okay, okay, okay. It's spring it. football. Right. All right. Let's just let's let's go out on this because we can go. I, I don't think we need to go position by position like we did last week. But um, quarterback competition is the main thing everyone out there is probably paying attention to right now. Um, I watched a lot of it today. Um, what's interesting to me is that Justin Martin has today he was second string literally the entire practice there wasn't a single rep where he didn't go immediately after ethan garbers and mostly on tuesday also yeah and that was that's a shift from the first practice we watched because dante moore was with the twos a lot that practice um i have two questions for you tracy okay well first i've got one statement justin martin looks pretty good then i have two questions one um how do you think he looks and two do you think they moved him to the twos strategically yes. after they realized that the transfer portal opens on Saturday? All of that. Um, all of it. I think he probably deserved it, but yeah, they probably, it's a mix. They probably looked at him and said, wow, he's doing really well. We do not want him to transfer. Let's move him up to second string. Yes. Uh, I thought he looked good. His arm was strong. He he looks down receivers. He doesn't go to the second receiver. Uh, um, panics a little in the pocket. I, but it is spring. I mean, the defense, the pass rush is all over them. Um, but he throws a strong ball, and he's he's thrown an accurate ball too. Uh, yeah. Was would you say Ethan Garbers was clearly the best performer at quarterback today? Today he was pretty clearly the best. I, I would he say was on Tuesday. Also. I would say the top three all looked pretty good. Um, I don't think any of them was bad. I think they all kept themselves in it. Uh, but Ethan Garber, I mean, there was the the fun little uh, throw against the 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 gate, whatever it is, the the mm-hmm. whatever that thing is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were throwing him from thirty yards or twenty five or thirty yards, and he got it in the pocket on three straight throws. Like he Dang. was just he was just on one today. Um, yeah, where it was just everything was coming out perfectly. How Dante Moore do at the the cage gate? So throwing one way, he was tossing it over the thing. Like I don't know what was going on. Maybe something weird with the like footwork. to the left. You mean? No, no, no. Uh, uh, so uh, throwing it down uh, to the east side, um, it was okay. it was uh, throwing it over. Then he was going the west side, and suddenly it was like right in the pocket every time. Uh, it was bizarre. I don't know if the wind was getting it or something. Um, But he he looked good. Uh, And the thing I would say about Dante Moore is um, what stood out to me in the first practice was ball placement. What what stood out to me in this one was never making the wrong decision. It was always um, what – what, and we've got an interesting angle because we can kind of see everything um, from that kind of uh, sort of an aerial vantage point up on the lot eight. 
whenever he would throw it away, it was because literally everyone was covered. It wasn't because he was like not scanning through his progressions. Literally everything's covered, and so he throws it away. And every time he threw it, it was to a guy who was open enough to catch the ball. Nothing was tipped by a defender. Um, and he was often throwing with walk-on receivers. It was the walk-on group versus sometimes the first or second string defense. And his decision-making was just pretty much flawless. Um, and I, Ethan Garbers is very much the same today, uh, but it's interesting to see that from a true freshman uh, in his fifth practice. Yeah, my team. take on Dante Moore is everything. He's clearly, in my opinion, the most talented yes. guy there. Um, and like you said, he makes great decisions. He throws a very accurate ball. I, from the first Tuesday to the second Tuesday, it looked like he had a li- I don't know if I'm going to call it arm fatigue. He just didn't have as much zip on the ball Tuesday as he did that first Tuesday, uh, which is understandable. Um, he's, he's, a high, he's a senior in high school. The other thing to take note, and I think we've talked about this, we've seen so many guys at their first week of practice as a quarterback, and they look horrible. Yeah. He looks pretty exceptional. Yes. Um, so accurate, great decisions, arm strength, a little questionable uh, at this point right now. But then what he's showing within the first week of practice, I mean, Justin Martin, first week of practice did not look good <laughs> in spring, right? Yeah. And then by the time we saw him throw the ball during uh, a fall camp and then during uh, saw him throw a little bit during practice during the season, went, wow. He's, he's taken, I mean, his whole throwing motion changed. Yep. So if you just, you know, discount in that there's going to be that improvement for Dante Moore. Wow. But I agree with you. I think they really like uh, Justin Martin. They do not want him to transfer. Yeah, that was, that was kind of my read on the whole thing. Um, but Ethan Garbers, I mean, he's, uh, you know, watching him all of last spring for me, and then watching him this spring, he's probably practicing the best I've seen him. Um, I agree. So, well, remember he, he was in the doghouse last spring. He was, and he wasn't, and, he, and for good reason because he wasn't practicing very well last spring. Uh-uh. Um, really uh, inconsistent last spring. I, I think um, clearly coming with the right attitude, right mentality, right approach, and I think it's going to make it. You know, I, I'm still probably laying odds that it's Dante Moore at the end of the day. I think there are. Um, well, I won't quantify the number of reasons, but there are many of them. Um, but uh, I think it's going to be a competition. Like, I think it's going to be a real one, and I think it's going to stretch into the fall. Like, I, I agree. Don't th- I don't think this is getting settled in, in spring. There's too much. And even, I mean, he wouldn't name them in spring. No anyway. way. There would but be I think it legitimately isn't done in spring. Yeah, and I think for Justin Martin, I think there's reason enough. I mean, look, if that guy says, you know, I, I, I can read the writing on the wall – and this Dante Moore kid is here. Um, I'm going to go take a look elsewhere. I don't think anybody should fault him. But I think he's also done enough that if he wants to keep his hat in the ring and try to compete for this. Well, I mean, he, there there is there is a path. There him. is. That's my, I mean, yeah. He committed to UCLA knowing Ethan Garbers was there and he was ahead of him. Maybe he had some kind of idea that he could beat him out. But realistically, I mean, the guy's a couple of years ahead of him. So he thought, okay, yeah. I mean, I'll probably wait until Ethan Garbers is done. But now he's thinking, I might be able to compete with Dante Moore for the starting spot after Ethan Garbers. And if Ethan Garbers is named the starter, is Dante Moore going to stick around? 
Yeah, I think it's worth uh, for Justin Martin. What the hell? Learn for another year under Chip Kelly, and then if you want to transfer after this year, if things don't you know end up your way, that might be the smarter move at this point. Yeah. So, anyway, that the quarterback competition's been. And then a you lot- got Colin Schley. Yes, uh, well, Colin Schley um, has had. I would describe it as a pretty rough five practices. Yes. Um, he's. Uh, I've seen worse though. We've definitely seen worse. Like, definitely like seen worse. Um, I think adjusting to, um, I, I think for him actually, of all the players in the in the competition, I think he's having the most adjustment period. Probably coming from a very different offense to this one, um, where it just you can see him processing out there. You can see him taking, and he's overthrowing. He's overthrowing because he's trying to just gun it through everything. Um, he's got some interesting stuff he does with his arm. Like he's, he's a three quarter motion guy. And then when he's trying to throw it short, he he drops to almost a pure sidearm. Um, that's how he's like kind of taken a little bit off of it. Um, and it's just, it hasn't been great. I mean, he's getting a lot of balls tipped. He's throwing a lot of interceptions so far. Um, but I do think it's largely a comfort level thing. Um, cause he, he he certainly showed better at Kent State last year, um, so I would anticipate him to probably get better than this. Um, one thing he showed today, though, was on the zone read, he had a keeper off of it where, yeah, they're not tackling quarterbacks, but nobody was going to be touching him anyway. Um, ran straight down the sideline and passed. The linebackers just kind of blew by him, and then the safety wasn't catching him. Um, so, again, kind of what we were saying uh, when he committed – might not start, but there might be a package for him where he's a running threat. Because if you look at Garbers, Martin, uh, Moore, none of them are really ideal runners. I mean, I, I haven't seen Martin that much, but he doesn't strike me as like he's going to be running four fours out there. Schley might be the option as the uh, as the um, kind of wildcatty type quarterback. And then he becomes a running back, like like Yankoff. like Colson Yankoff. The great one. Okay, Dave. All right. Well, uh, that's about it for us. We got. Yep. We went a tight hour. We did. Pretty good. I'm tight. Not too bad. Okay. All right. Well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Burn Report Online, and we'll talk to you again next time. See you all out in Lot Eight. Come by, and say hi to Dave. Yeah. <laughs> See you. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.